Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. This email is from Matthew. Dear Demon, da- uh, dear Demon Daily, my name is Matthew and I figured I would give you some things to think about when it comes to US news and the decision for big schools to walk away from the ranking system. I took an LSAT prep course and found that eventually to get a high score, you basically have to game the test, parentheses, logical force, statistical analysis of answer types, typical depending on the question type, etc. I'm lost. Those schools do <laughs> not translate do not translate well to law school because you won't be able to game an essay question on a test. So you said those schools, but yes, those skills, right? Oh, skills. Yep. Um, <laughs> you said you were lost. I think you're lost here by the advice from Redacted. Hopefully Eric will bleep me out. Redacted um, LSAT prep program. Yeah. Logical force, statistical analysis of answer types, depending on the question type. Etc. This is not what we think is true about the LSAT. We don't think it's something that you game. It's something that you master through understanding of common sense. Yeah. You learned that over there at that other company, but we don't endorse that view of the test at all. The, the LSAT makes perfect sense. You don't game it at all. You take your time with it and you, you solve each question one at a time. You figure them out. You don't do a statistical analysis that tells you that this type of question prefers this type of answer. It's just not a test of second best. So you don't need to do that. Instead, you just solve the question and know that you're getting it right for sure. That's actually the hard way. It's the hard way of doing this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's the gimmicky bullshit way of doing it instead yep. of the way that you know turns into 170 scores like 170 scores come from you understood the test yep and none of this is right so you know i'm not sure where we're going to go with the rest of this email matthew but you're saying those skills don't translate well to law school well you don't need to worry about that because they don't they don't help you for the lsat that's just not what you should be doing on the lsat yeah um Matthew goes on, I do think the preparation time for the LSAT translates well to the commitment for law school, and it can also discourage students from making a rush decision or commitment they will give up on in the in the middle of school. So Matthew is taking up for the LSAT there saying, well, hey, you know, the dedication, that's a good skill for law school. And I agree totally like the work ethic. Um that some students display when they prep for this test. It's really, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like it's, it's a, it's just very lawyerly when someone does all three, uh, sorry, all 99 of the practice tests three times each Yeah. to eventually improve by 30 points. Yeah. That kind of shit translates very well. I would say to law school. Yeah. Next paragraph for Matthew. I think a much smaller LSAT would be good, but I couldn't help but wonder if time would be better spent elsewhere. I took pre-law classes at Sac State that were taught by professors that teach law school at UC Davis. The type of legal analysis I had to do was more like law school than the LSAT. That's my advisor's words, not mine. 
I also think some element of connecting with actual lawyers in the field could be more beneficial than the LSAT. Well, I mean, that just seems like a strange comparison. <laughs> like, Sure, connecting with actual lawyers would be great. But what does that have to do with the law school admission test? Better in what way? Yeah. To decide whether you should go? Maybe. And I'm also decide. not sure what this has to do with the big schools walking away from the ranking system. I don't either. I'm confused. I mean, I, I just don't see them walking away from the LSAT. I don't think that's going to happen. As far as your advisor's opinion on the LSAT, you know, your advisor here, I don't know who your advisor is, but your advisor for some reason is like shitting on the LSAT. And it's probably because they don't understand the LSAT. The LSAT is very, very good for predicting and actually for teaching you the kinds of things that you're going to need to do in law school. If you work with us on LSAT prep and we get you a 20 point improvement on your LSAT, you have positioned yourself better for success in law school, not just because of the score, but because you've learned how to read better. Yeah. To be clear, you're not doing short multi, you know, choice answers in law school like the LSAT, but the LSAT is testing very core skills. Can you identify premises? Can you identify conclusions? Can you identify the general argument structure in a short passage? Do you know what the hell is going on? Do you know how to read English? Those things people get better at as they get better at the LSAT. And then when they go into law school, they can see them everywhere. They taught you some bullshit about this test that's just not true. Yeah. And it's actually impeding you from doing your best on the LSAT because you're not understanding what you're supposed to be doing on the LSAT. If you think something's a game, you're not going to fully commit to learning and understanding it because it's always just, oh, some gotcha yeah. that they well, want you. Got yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, you don't have time to read the reading comprehension passage. You need to just skim through and eliminate the worst answers and, you know, get it to a 50 50 and guess. I mean, if they taught you how to do it like that, then, yeah. It must make no sense whatsoever to you because that makes no sense. I mean, they're they're teaching you not to make sense of the test. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to make sense of it and you're not going to improve. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for the bad advice that you've gotten out there. Anyway, Matthew has more thoughts about what would be a good way to do uh, law school admissions. A okay. pre-law clinic that involved meeting lawyers, judges, etc., that involved some element of legal writing and analysis. Turning in my pre-law work to a law school would probably provide them with some much needed information about my possibility of success in their program than a test centered around memorizing formulas for question types. Wow. Memorizing. We don't talk about memorizing on the LSAT. That's <laughs> no. insane. None of yeah. this shit is helping you, man. You're, it, it's, I agree with you. If that's what the LSAT was, then I would agree with you that I would say, oh yeah, well, law school is totally different, but not the way we do it. And look, I like these ideas, but at the same time, they are subject to being twisted or manipulated in a way that a timed controlled test can't be right. Like if you write a legal draft of something and then submit it to a law school for their perusal, how much help did you get from someone else? It could be so gamed, right? Whereas a test, you have to sit down and take it and answer questions, not based on memorization, but based on your ability to unpack logical reasoning. <laughs> and frankly, 
they they love the LSAT because it's one number that they can use to compare all students. Yeah. 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 As opposed to reading essays and say, oh, is this one better than this other one? They would like, want how do they AI compare to you them. with your pre-law work with someone else who doesn't do who didn't do pre-law work? Yeah. What if someone else was pre-med? They don't have assignments to turn into the law school. And so it's a nice idea. It's just like, I mean, they'd have to make the application 10 times as expensive. Matthew says, anyway, these are just ideas. I think U.S. News actually discourages students from contacting the law schools they may go to by making students feel like they have enough information. I worked with my advisor and she encouraged me to actually call the school I was looking at because there may be information not present in U.S. News reports like when I found out that Belmont in Nashville actually averages LSAT scores, a practice thought by most people to be dead long ago. Anyway, some thoughts to think about, Matthew. I'm going to uh, lsatdemon.com forward slash scholarships. Okay. Because I've never heard of this Belmont. And I want to see where they're ranked. And I want to look at their 509. There they are. Belmont University. 133rd in the country by U.S. News. Not that we give a shit. We are not defenders of U.S. News at all. 50th percentile, 158. 75th percentile, 161. 25th percentile, 153. And of course, that's all based on the highest LSAT. That's the, the public record is showing the highest LSAT for every member of the incoming class. Do you believe that Belmont is averaging... I would be surprised to hear that they do that. It's not a very smart move. Yeah, that would be my thing is like, well, why would they do that when all the other schools in the in the ABA rankings are just looking at the highest LSAT when the highest LSAT is what gets reported on the 509 report? I mean, so what you're saying is if Belmont's averaging, you know, these numbers like look worse than the underlying reality at Belmont. Yeah. They actually have students with higher numbers. No, no. It looks worse or it looks better because they're reporting their highest score. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, the fact that there are other... So here's what would happen with Belmont, right? Yep. If they, if they indeed are averaging, then they should prefer someone who got a... 158 and only took it once to someone who got a 150 and then got a 159. Yeah. Or 160. Or 160 or whatever. And yeah. the reason why that's dumb is because they are going to report your one time 159 as a 159, whereas they're going to report the person who got a 153 and then a 160 as a one fifty seven or sorry, one fifty six and a half. Uh, and so they would then prefer the student who had only taken it once and scored higher. And that, that will, um, increase their average LSAT, but it will decrease their median LSAT, their 50th percentile LSAT. And that is then bad for their rankings. So, I mean, it might be that they are ignorant of that. Could you imagine that that's possible, Ben? I do think that's possible. There's a lot of schools out there. There are a lot of them that are very lowly ranked. 
and probably just try to decide, hey, did we make money last year? Are we making money this year? And no one's really yeah. figuring out, hey, how do you play this game? They're just playing a different game. Yeah. So, you know, they're being ranked by U.S. News. And it, here, this is an example of where I think it it behooves them if they're savvy and if they care about their ranking, they should be just using the highest LSAT for every member of their incoming class. Well, you said care about their ranking. Yes. But also just care about their class. Why would you, if you had someone at a 150 and a 160, that's an average of 155. Well, the person got a 160. So that's telling you something about them. You're going to pick someone who got a 156 over right. someone who got a 160. That's a four point difference. Oh, because it's an average of 156, Ben. <laughs> yeah. It's just not, it's just not a smart way to build a class. Yeah. I agree. Um, that's our two cents. If we were running a law school, obviously we're not running a law school, so maybe we can shut up about that. What else did I want to say? There was something else here. Oh, U.S. News. Do you think U.S. News discourages people from contacting the law schools they may go to by making students feel like they already have enough information? I think there could be some truth to that. People like to see numbers. You get a number for a school, you think you know it all. You're like, oh, they're ranked seventh. Therefore, they must be better than this other school that's ranked eighth. It's like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? There's oh, yeah. so many differences between those yeah. two schools that you have not thought about, but you now think you know so, because one is one point higher than the other. Just to defend U.S. News there, it's not like U.S. News is actively discouraging Oh, absolutely you. not. It's just, it's just the nature. Because the rankings exist, then many people are going to only ever look at the rankings. Yeah, and I do this all the time too. I'm like looking at two restaurants and one has a 4.6 stars and the other has 4.8. And for some reason, I think like, oh, geez, I got to go to that one. Done deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I mean, in some cases it does make sense. You know, yeah. like those ratings a lot of times end up giving you exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the rank U.S. news rankings um really work in quite that way, right? It's not, if you're ordering DoorDash, then uh, I mean, the, the it's less consequential if you just rely on, uh, I don't know, 4.8, yeah. that looks yeah, good, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, whereas in law school, you're talking about investing three years on 150 grand. So maybe not that smart of a thing. I'm glad you reached out, Matthew, to your one school you were looking at. Um, I hope that's not the only school you're looking at. And I hope that you're not taking your advisor's advice too seriously. We have encountered so much terrible advice out there from pre-law advisors at undergrad schools, and you might have a real good one, but, you know, unless your advisor is telling you, hey, shouldn't you be maybe looking at five or 10 different schools and not all the schools are going to average and most of the schools are only going to look at your highest LSAT. If you're not getting that kind of information out of your advisor, then I don't know that your advisor really understands the game quite as well as we do. We've heard advisors say like you can't improve on the LSAT and lots of bullshit like that. So um, stay with us, Matthew. Hopefully you can improve your LSAT by 15, 20 points and just blow a school like Belmont out of the water. Oh, the one yeah. thing I didn't look at is how much scholarships they actually give. I did. I like to report on that at least. Yeah. Full ride scholarships at Belmont, 24% of the class. Uh, half to full scholarships for another 26% of the class. 
Okay. So 50% of the class is getting half or more. Yeah. And I, I got to think that those are probably merit-based scholarships. And if they're given merit-based money while averaging LSAT, they're wasting that money. Yeah, that's a really strange decision. Or are they actually making scholarship decisions based on your highest score, but admitting you based on your average score? That's strange too. Just telling people that they average for no good reason, you know, muddying the waters, making it confusing. It's just Wait, so dumb. Could it be so that you apply? We average. So don't take it again. Apply now. Well, we've heard tons of schools giving advice that really seemed like cynically self-interested. You know, we've seen schools out there that are like, oh, yeah, that's a great personal statement topic. You know, just like telling you what you want to hear in order to hurry up your application. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't improve that much on the LSAT. And if Belmont is like, well, we average scores. So, you know, it's like even if you do improve, you only get half of the improvement. Yeah. So you should just apply now. If that's where they're going, you should just apply now. Well, then fuck that because they're, you know, lying to their customers. Hey, one thing about this advisor, you you said, hey, uh, I'm not sure whether this advisor is good or bad or providing good advice or bad advice. But I think the clue here is that this advisor is not. And the reason why is it says, Matthew says, she encouraged me to actually call the school I was looking at. The school I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that she did encourage you to call, but I would much rather have her advise you to apply to 15 schools Yeah, or to take the LSAT again and apply to better schools. Like, oh, you want to go to the school? Call them? Mm, not the best advice. Yeah, not if, the right advice. And I could see a lot of, you know, harried undergrad advisors who they probably have way too many students to actually give good help. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, oh, you're interested in grad school student number 997. Great. What school do you want to go to? Oh, OK, yeah, here you go. Yeah. Oh, here's some information. Yeah. Call them. Make sure to call them. Yeah. Learn as much as you can from them. And, yep. you know, they're doing you kind of a favor. But then it's the same problem that Matthew was complaining about where the rankings then cause people not to look for more information. I just hope that this advisor is not then you're like, you're not, Oh, well, my advisor told me, yeah, you know, you quoted your advisor twice in your email to us. It makes it sound like you think your advisor's the shit. Well, they might be, but then again, they might not. And I hope you're not just like totally putting your eggs all in that one basket. Great. Thanks for writing in email daily at LSATdemon.com. If you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. 